Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 150. I can't believe it's here. I'm so excited. I was thinking last night, um, you know, typical insomnia as I do, especially this time of year, um, of just about kind of what's going on. And I've been recording for, so I have, um, <clears throat> wait, am I confused? Yeah. Okay. I have just a couple of more episodes to record for season eight. Um, they're already scheduled. This is season seven that you're listening to. And I'm already starting to book uh, interviews for season nine. And I am just, I'm so excited. I'm branching out into like new areas. I'm starting to do more like remote interviews so that I can interview people who I'm interested in, who I can't be in the same place that they're in. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just feeling really into it. And it's just, it's just fun to be at 150, you know, and, um, I started this project in, in the spring of 2019 and, you know, then there was a three year global pandemic and to have recorded and released 150 episodes in that time just feels amazing. I, I'd like to talk about this more. I have some, you know, writing that I'd like to do about it and I'm still thinking about it, but I really feel like doing this podcast because, you know, every episode is like 90 minutes to two hours and, you know, 150 interviews. That's just a lot of time. That's a lot of time spent with artists. And I feel like I'm starting to kind of have a, a body of, of anecdotal knowledge that's really unique and interesting. And I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what I want to do with that and sort of what it means and trying to make sure that I'm being, you know, like a, a responsible and ethical steward of like these ideas and trying to kind of, uh, employ them as beautifully and artfully as, as I can. So hooray for 150. That's really fun. And I'm so happy that this special episode has landed um, with this interview. My darling friend, Joan Steinman, I met Joan. Uh, we didn't we didn't really talk about this in the interview at all. So I'll give you a little extra in the intro. But <clears throat> Joan and I met when I was serving on the board of Utah's chapter of the American Choral Directors Association, which I started in that same. So it was like the. I think it was like the the early, like maybe February of 2015 that I started working with ACDA. And um, that first year I, I pl helped plan, I was like the conference manager for the first, um, the first state conference in Utah, like in, you know, decades, like maybe there had been one a long time ago, but it was, it was effectively kind of the first in this new chapter. And then my second year chairing the uh, conference, Joan was brought on to the board. <clears throat> That's morning phlegm. Congratulations, you're hearing it. Um, Joan was brought on as the treasurer. And so she and I worked together so much. And that was also during the time that my mom had been diagnosed with cancer and was kind of dying. And I was kind of dealing with a lot of that. And I just spent a lot of time with Joan in this very like vulnerable and sensitive time in my life. And she was such <clears throat> a beautiful, like friend during that time, just was really supportive and took such good care of me and just 
was validating and kind and didn't make me feel weird if like I just like started crying sometimes and I'll just never forget that and um as I've gotten to know Joan better she's just such an impressive woman and you know just I don't know such a a unique blend of incredible ingredients that I think are very rare to find in a person and I think you will see that as you listen to this interview so um Okay, let me tell you a little bit more about Joan. Joan Steinman earned a Bachelor of Music from the University of Utah in vocal performance. Since 2006, she has taught both choir and German at Paradigm Charter High School in South Jordan. Under her direction, Paradigm High School choirs have won various musical awards and performed extensively through Utah. Recently, Joan Steinman's choirs were featured guests on several concerts of the world-renowned Salt Lake vocal artists. Mrs. Steinman's hobbies include reading, cycling, and hiking in Utah's beautiful mountains with her husband and little girl. And this bio must be so old because Joan has three kids. Um, And that's my bad for not finding a new one. But um, part of the reason why I wanted to have Joan on the podcast right now is because she is working on a musical. And the, when she um, she took took we went out to lunch together and she wanted to talk about the musical and just get some like feedback from me and, and one of our other um, choir friends. And I just was like, holy shit, Joan, you're writing a musical. I mean, insane. Um, and so Joan sent me. A synopsis of her musical, and I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and read that in the intro too. <clears throat> okay, the musical is called Solve for X, an original musical created by Joan Riddle Steinman. The synopsis: Two sisters, one autistic and one neurotypical, are navigating their freshman and senior years of high school. Elle Richards has been eagerly anticipating her senior year, but is wary that her little sister, West, will negatively affect her social standing. When the siblings were younger, Elle drew treasure map versions of the dentist's office, grocery store, and friends' backyards for her sister, West. This helped West familiarize herself with new locations and avoid sensory overload. In a twofold attempt to help West navigate high school and keep her out of the way, Elle resurrects this childhood tradition. Elle creates a treasure map version of their high school. The cafeteria is Skull Rock. The gym becomes Pirate's Cove, etc. Wes is skeptical of this new map, but in an attempt to remain close to Elle, she agrees to play along. After a series of misunderstandings and mishaps, both sisters gain skills that will help them better never navigate unfamiliar territory. And it's just clever and thoughtful and lovely. And I'm so proud of Joan for taking this on and for just, you know handling it gracefully and joyfully as she handles kind of everything. Um, gosh, I think that's it. I have, I think I, I think I'm gearing up to do maybe a little mono mono sewed soon and just catch you all up on kind of more of what's been going on with me since this knee injury. And I, um, I did my very last physical therapy appointment earlier this week. So Ah, lots of things are going on, but it's, um, yeah, I, I maybe need to sit down and kind of just tell you about it. Um, but for today, you'll just enjoy the beautiful, beautiful sounds of Joan's beautiful voice. Here he comes. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. 
As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. I'm not used to hearing my voice. <laughs> I like it. Oh, thanks. But I always tell people just if you want to move, just move the mic too. Okay. Like it, it does this. It does this. And you can edit it out if I start coughing, right? I have uh, the worst lungs. Like, yeah. Your lungs just like stay irritated after they you're sick. They do. And, and yeah, um, I like that too, which I've is why like, I'm like for months. I mean, like, oh, it's, it's such a pain in my life. But it's okay. There's other great things about you my You have um, asthma? I have asthma, yeah. 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 Too. And I think the only thing Mine's that really cures bad, it is like steroids. Like when I take, I mean, I take an inhaler occasionally, but like it's not like, anyway. So, like, I had my tonsils out last year. Oh and my I, gosh, I didn't know that. Oh, it was so, I got mono last fall and I was so sick. I was so Joan! sick. It was horrible. I know, I did not, it was really rough. So, um, yeah. And my husband didn't get it. I like, I don't what? know. Like, I know I was like, doesn't, doesn't this happen? Like when you're a teenager Aren't kissing lots of people, like, I don't, yeah, like this anyway, anyhow. So yeah, I, not when I have three right, kids right. and I'm a teacher of <laughs> high school like, students. I don't know why I have mono, but I had mono and I was so sick and I called up my uncle because he's an ENT. And I said, um, I have an uncle who's an ENT also. Oh, you do? Yeah. Here in Utah? No, he lives in Texas. Oh, okay. Um, so I called uncle Seth and I was like, listen, let's get these tonsils out because I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've met my deductible and I had, I just had mono yeah. and actually, you know, it was really funny. I went to, I took my students to visit Reed Criddle at yeah. UVU. Um, and I was like, Reed was giving us a, sh a tour of the Norda center and yeah. stuff. And I was like, Oh, just a minute. I've got to stop at the top of the stairs. <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. I'm just, I'm so, I just had mono. I'm so sick. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I had mono in graduate school and I was so sick. He's like, and then I got my tonsils out and it was amazing. And then I was like, wait a minute. I have an uncle who d does tonsillectomies yeah. every day. I should call him up. So actually it was wow. Reed who gave me the idea and the recovery was rough, but I'm glad I did it. And then I also had my children done the same time because they, oh, my five-year-old and my seven-year-old, um, because they were such, they snore so bad. Yeah. They're such snores. So they, we all got our tonsils out the same day. How was the recovery? Like it was did, rough. Is your voice, <laughs> so did rough. you notice your voice being you different? Know, I didn't notice a difference with my voice. Um, but I noticed a difference with my children's speaking voices. They, um, like their voices sounded different yeah. to me. And now, now I don't notice it anymore, yeah. but I, I immediately did. And like a different resonance Yeah, a different or resonance for sure. Wow. So. Yeah. I was supposed to get my tonsils out in high school. Mm -hmm. And then I tore my ACL and my parents said, you have to pick a surgery. What? I'm so sorry, <laughs> Emily. Know, my parents are so shitty. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was just having this memory like Especially yesterday. Especially because, I, I mean, I know your parents weren't like hurting for money, right? Like, no, they totally yeah, had I, enough money. Right? Like, you just like, we don't want you to feel like you could get any surgery you want, you know? I mean, tonsillectomy totally or ACL made it surgery. like that. It was like, I'm you're really so being sorry. a burden on our family. <laughs> oh, you know, Emily, that is not normal. And I'm very sorry. <laughs> I feel like I should tell the listener, like... Joan and I became friends because we were both on the ACDA, which is American Choral Directors Association chapter of, in Utah on the board. We were both on the board and we're putting together our conference and we're, Joan was the treasurer and spent a lot of time together. It does this 
hello, hello. Yeah, I'm usually like, I try to watch it at the beginning, especially at the at the beginning of um, recording. It often does this. Okay. We're like in the first like five minutes, it's just like, wait. But normally I catch it faster, but I just find you so captivating. <laughs> Emily, you're so nice. <laughs> I just really like you. I know, I really like you too. I've been so excited. As nervous as I've been, I've been like, it's going to be okay though, because you get to talk to Emily and you love yeah. Emily and that's going to be fine. So I feel the same way. And I think like I wasn't planning on scheduling like really any interviews in these two weeks before mm-hmm. my show mm-hmm. but I was like talking to Joan is just gonna like feel better oh good <laughs> like, uh, I want to hear about your show too <laughs> okay we can talk about Kay. it I mean, oh yeah and that show I'm coming to that show I'm October so excited. 22nd yes <laughs> how can I forget yeah I'm really excited for that yeah one. I'm excited and like terrified I've been getting um I'm so proud of you. I've been having like TMJ, which I've never had before. Stress, you think? I think. Yeah. Or like, honestly, I think it might be related to my braces. Like, because oh, yeah. when I had the elastics, I started like clenching, I think. Uh-huh. And then I just kind of haven't like stopped, I think. Uh. So, and then I, w- I got my braces off and went right into wedding season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, ne- I've never had anything like this and my jaw's just been like clicking. So I'm like, Ugh, totally creeped out. But it feels better today, and I'm going to physical therapy tomorrow, and I'm going to get great. dry needling in my jaw. Joint. Oh, that's that sounds cool. Actually, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I've had dry needling before in my back, and so I'm like, I'm not scared of it. <laughs> it's like I've had acupuncture. Is it like that? I think it's really similar. Only they run like electricity through it. Maybe I've it's done like, it when it's I, like a stim. I think I've done it too when I was I, I got injured after baby three. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, a needle and a stim. Anyway, I'm excited and hopefully it will stop my job yeah. from popping. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. So, what were you like as a creative child? What was I like as a creative child? Well, you know, my um, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of seven. My mom and dad had me when I, when they were in college, so yeah. they were they were babies themselves. And then immediately after, they had my little sister Janie, who's still my best friend. And Janie, um. I was, I was always doing, um, I was always getting Janny into trouble. Janny was like always willing to like do whatever my parents said. And I was oh, always no. like, no, Janny, let's do this, you know, and That's I don't, so th- naughty. mom doesn't mind. Yeah. I was really naughty, really naughty. I love it. And, um, but you know, we were both imaginative together, always playing little games. And, you know, this was before TV. Like I remember, yeah. I remember when we got our first VCR and like, whoa, mom, you can record stuff, you know? So <laughs> yeah. we were always playing games and we were always outside um, and you know, just children have to be creative. They're trying to entertain themselves. And yeah, my mom was like, don't time. come back till dinner. So, yeah. you know, we had to, and luckily it was a safe neighborhood we, where we, we could do that. You yeah. know, I was just talking about this with my brother. I've been talking more with my, the brother who's just younger than me lately. And, um, we were talking about how like same thing, like we would just take off on our bikes and just be gone Bike the freedom. entire day. Yep. So dangerous. Like, I don't know that our neighborhood was that safe. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, we we all think it's so much more dangerous, and maybe it is, but also I try I try to give my own children yeah. more, freedom. Le- more freedom. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I want to know where they are yeah. in the neighborhood and things like that, and depending on their age. But, you know, I, I let my daughter ride her, she's 11, ride her bike to the library, and she feels such a sense of oh, freedom that. to that, you know, to do that, yeah. and she needs it, and... Um, you know, I can see the library from my house, but you know, anyway, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. We, I was just having this memory the other day of like Blake, my brother, he's, he's like 18 months younger than me, maybe 
two years. Um, we would take the little ladder from our trampoline mm-hmm. and hang it over the fence of like oh. the back neighbor's house. Yes, I can picture this because my children do this to our fence. So yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we would like throw toys over <laughs> and then like do a rescue mission. So naughty. Quick, we got to save the teddy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we had this neighbor who like did not want children in his backyard. Oh, no. And we loved to sneak over there. And then he would have to tell my parents. Like, yes. And we would just be like, oh no, like our toys. It's in <laughs> Sam's yard. We like yeah. have to go. We just, you have to. Yeah. You just have you just to have sneak to. into Sam's yard. Yeah. Like, and it was a beautifully manicured I'm yard. sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you said something earlier when the thing was not recording um, about using like using kind of creativity to like maybe get out of things yes. you wanted to do. Tell me about yes. that. So like, I don't know. I was always thinking of creative ways to get out of things or just ways to make what you were doing more enjoyable. More so like I was always yeah. telling stories as we were doing chores or we would, we had this whole song routine called the pickup game that mm. we would like, you know, when we were picking up our basement, I remember doing that a lot. Um, and singing all the time. I remember singing all the time, yeah. all the time. Are your parents, like, was their creativity like modeled in the home, in the family? Are there other musicians? Are there other creatives like in the family? Yeah, yeah, there were, there are, and, and we're then too. So my mom is a pianist and, um, she, you know, she studied, she, she didn't study piano in, in college, but, um, when I was in kindergarten, my dad went to medical school. So we, I started kindergarten, he started medical school. And I remember, so that's like when my, I start, you know, those are the most memories are when we were living in Nebraska, he was at Creighton and, um, my mom started, I think some piano tuner came and tuned her piano and then he was playing and she said, wow, you're really good. Do you teach lessons? And so my mom started taking lessons again as a, wow. an adult. She's a really great pianist already, but she's like, I just want to up my skills. And so I think I saw her doing that and being creative in that way and practicing. And I just remember like listening for hours to her practice, you know, wow. and, um, and we were always singing. So yeah, that kind of create music was always around. Okay. Um, did it, was it like significant for your mom to like take lessons as an adult? Like, I feel like that's something that not all adults would do. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, she's always been, she's always been willing to learn anything. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they were really poor, you know, they had yeah. kids and were in medical and he was school. Just in medical school. Yeah. So I'm sure that they, it was a struggle financially and my mom didn't work during that time. So um, but you know, she made it work. And I remember yeah. going to her piano her recital recitals. at the, yeah, it was, it was exciting. I love that. I think just like, I'm really curious about these like simple or like kind of subtle and, and maybe simple ways in which like it's communicated to children or to the family that like creativity is valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think like adults participating in creativity is huge. Also things like, you know, I've had lots of guests sit in this chair and say like, you know, my parents would put my paintings in like a nice frame mm, <laughs> and like yes. hang it up. Yeah. You know, just those little indicators that like this is valuable and that feels, you know, for your mom to like sacrifice like money in that way. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was like a, an indicator of like a, a larger trend. I think, you know, it was an indication that, that learning is important and, the, you know, music was really important. Yeah. So. Um, how did you like begin more of like your kind of personal relationship with music? Well, I was always like, um, the worst piano student that she had. Sure. 
I'm still not a great pianist. I'm, I struggle. I make myself, I force myself to practice, but I have never loved it. Yeah. Um, and I guess when I was little, I would start playing and then I would get bored. And so I would just finish the phrase by singing it. And I was mm. like, I do not want to be a pianist, mom. I hate the piano. I want to be a singer. And she was like, you are going to have to learn to play the piano if you want to be a singer. She was right. And she, I know. She was right. She was always right. Um, but they took us, we lived close enough to the opera house that they could take us um, to the first half of the yeah. opera and then take us home to the babysitter and then go back to see the end of the oh, opera. Wow. So I remember when I was about eight or so, we saw The Marriage of Figaro and I was just enchanted. I just couldn't believe that you could sing a whole thing. And so then I decided as an eight-year-old, I wanted to be an opera singer. Wow. So I was telling everyone I wanted to be, which is, you know, I'm so cool as an eight-year-old, oh, right? I mean, I'm sure it was like I mean, the nerdiest little thing. I love that so much. <laughs> Actually, I have a follow-up question. Just can you, will you remember yeah. where you are in the so, story? So yeah, I'll or, remember, yes. Um, for an eight-year-old to love opera, that is really something. Do you remember, like, what it felt like to you? What, like, how did you experience it as a child? Um, I remember thinking, wow, that is so powerful. My dad was explaining, you know, they can sing without microphones. I, I probably didn't even know what a microphone was, but I was like, yeah. wow, that's magic, you know. Yeah. And and I remember the costumes were so fantastic and just being very enchanted. And it was, I, that was the one I remember the most, but we went to other operas and symphonies too. Um, and I just, I, I Were just you like singing. impressed by like the Italian of it all? Yeah, I don't even remember. Cause I, I, I guess I, I, by eight, I probably could read. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I just remember being enchanted by the singing. And then my dad or my mom was like, okay, this is what's happening now, you know? Yeah. And then I, I think, you know, by the time we never saw the end because it was too late. So yeah, we must've just, not worried about the, whatever happens in the end yeah. of the marriage of Figaro. The rest yeah. of the story was okay, whatever. It was all about the first act and the singing. So. I can also just picture you, like, I could picture the next morning being like, mom and dad, tell me yeah, how it what ended. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, finish your story. Oh, that was it, basically. Oh. So then I was just this little kid walking around telling everyone I wanted to be an opera singer and how did, singing all the time. How did adults respond to that? Oh, they're like, great. I mean, you know, four yeah. years earlier, I told them I wanted to be a mermaid. So, you know, mm. it was like, you know, my, Fair. who knows, right? But Well, they're both very fantastic. <laughs> right, right. Both like, are amazing. Both have great hair. Yeah, hair, right? <laughs> hair, right? Like, right? Yep. A beautiful, like, long, flowing, curly yep. wig, and or just like glamour, yeah. and you know, <laughs> the jewels. Which is funny because I don't even. I didn't become an opera singer, um, which is fine. I mean, it was fine <laughs> yeah. to fine, but I, I realized I don't really love performing. So it's, yeah. it's funny that, you know, when I was little that that's like, oh, that's what I want to do. And then when I started doing that, yeah. I mean, along those lines, I was like, wait a minute. I, I think this is not for me. I, I love singing with people. Yeah. I don't like singing by myself. It's so interesting really. how those things evolve though. And I think it's so common. Like I was just at a gig the other night with my, my bandmates who are all like this particular group of musicians were all like UVU faculty. Okay. And, uh, we were, we were just talking like during like our dinner break and one of the, I can't remember if it was like another vendor or like a waiter or something was like asking us some kind of a question and just like, I forget the details, but the question was like kind of presumptuous in some way. And we were all just like, no, we're like such introverts. Like <laughs> we just want to be at home. <laughs> like, yeah. But I think it's like, this happens so frequently that like, you think that a certain type of person is going to get into the performing arts and it's just not what you think. Yeah. Like the kind of people who like make it 
in performing arts are often just people who practice a lot, Yep, which is like such an introverted activity. Absolutely. And then we're like, oh, I have to perform. Well, I guess I'll figure out how to make it work. (laughs) But like the people who become performers aren't aren't that often like the hams. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know it, it is. Uh, I know that you know that but but people are surprised by that for yeah. sure yes the hams go into business yeah they do and they they, they sell they make millions they right and we are you know we're hopeful to pay for our instruments we're and shy. you know we're like shy yeah. sensitive people who I mean, like just want to go home and like put our socks on socks and watch Ted Lasso best, right yes I mean I'm I am more extroverted but um yeah I didn't I didn't love performing so I, I got, but I didn't know what else to do with my life because everything else sounded so boring. So I, you know, I, still I sang. Feel like it, <laughs> you yeah. still feel like that. Still feel like that. Emily, your life always looks so exciting. So. No, no, I mean my life is exciting. <laughs> but you but don't like, know what you're gonna do with no, when you when grow I up. No, when I think of it, sometimes, <laughs> but also when I think about doing other things, oh, I yeah. just feel oh, like that's ew, totally, yes, so boring. Like, oh, I guess. I mean. I know, I know. I, like I feel when the I same talk way. to people who have like other kinds of jobs, I'm just like, how do you do that? <laughs> right. Sounds so boring. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, so man. I would take my I would take my chaos like any day. I know. It's fun, <laughs> isn't it? It's really is fun, yeah. And there are things about it that are like insane, but like I would take it any day. Yeah. I mean, maybe someday that could change. Maybe someday I'll have like a a deep sense of exhaustion take over. Well, but, I mean, we'll see. You've probably worked through lots of exhaustion already. So I think you've, you've got it. You've weathered that. You, I know, you know how to handle exhaustion. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if I can get through this like clicky jaw thing that's arising. The Hashtag I'm, tur- well, I'm turning 35 this year. Yay. So maybe that's just the year that I start having joint problems. No, no. You're much too young. Well, who knows? But um, I found that, I don't know. I've really enjoyed, my, I'm 43. I've really enjoyed my 40s so much more than really? I did my 20s or 30s I've you're loved so it. cool I just think you're the coolest person <laughs> Emily you're so you nice. are you're so cool I like you so much um, likewise I like I know which is like also so precious but I'm like I know that you love me I do just the nicest yeah <laughs> like true friends totally do <laughs> well back at ya <laughs> Okay, tell me about other mediums. Were you dancing? Were you reading? Did you oh, love cartoons? I like, loved reading. Okay, what kinds of books were you reading? I was always reading. I I read everything. I mean, Nancy Drew, Sweet Valley High, like. But then I also really liked fantasy, and I, you know, we read Lord of the Rings. Like, my parents were really into Tolkien. I have a sister named Arwen, you know. Right. So we were always kind of, um, you know, those kind like all kinds of science fiction books were always around. So, you know, I was reading all that kinds of do stuff. Do you love too. language? Oh, well, I do love okay. language, actually. Yeah. yeah. When I was 10, we moved to Germany. And so oh, right. I didn't, I mean, I went to an American school, so I didn't become fluent in German, but um, my mom had majored in German and Spanish in college. So she was, and she had taken French, I think, too. So we were like going through Europe as a family. And I, I remember always just being kind of excited by my dad spoke German, like he could speak German, and my mom was helping in. Spain and things like that. It was just kind of fun yeah. to see them use those skills. Yeah, that's. I was wondering if you like were in were interested in the Italian of it all because oh, yeah. I can imagine like because obvious. I mean, it feels obvious to me that if you're a choral professional, language is a big part of that. And I can see like the beginning of like, I don't know, like it's like just a new hearing like a new language is like a new color or yeah. something. Yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to project on your child self. <laughs> But, but you like language. I do, yeah. Um, do you do any writing? 
Like, did you do any writing as a kid? Like, did you write stories? Did you um, write poems? I wrote a lot of poetry in high school, but yeah. it was mostly just for assignments. But I really liked it. Yeah. And then I remember my mom calling me in college. And my sister had, my younger sister, the one who's just younger than me, had um, shown her, like, the literary magazine. And my mom was like, Joni, like, I didn't know you wrote all these poems in here. Like, these are really good. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> just like a anyway, little secret. I, just, I don't know. I just wrote it. Writing was writing poetry was always so fun and easy. I mean, not easy, but yeah. but the work that it took was fun work. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So not, not, that it, like, not that I'm like, you know, a brilliant poet and it just flows out. But it's like, a work that's I, a joy. It was, yes, yeah. exactly. And it was fun to work at. But then I, I mean... So then I started college and... Um, Wait, tell me how okay. you got... Like, before we used to talk about college, I just... I, I like to... I find that a lot of creatives had missed several mediums as teens and children. Yeah. I always just think it's interesting. Um, and to kind of see how, like, the things that our creative minds, like, alight onto and then kind of how those things, like, coalesce into, like, what we're doing now. I often think those things are more related than we think, like... Yeah, probably. Um, I was no good at dancing. Okay. Um, my mom taught dance in our basement for a while. Not that she was a great dancer. I think we're just we were just poor, and yeah. she like needed to do something. And so she taught piano lessons and she taught dance lessons. Um, but she also accompanied for a ballet studio, cool. and ballet tired like terrified me because I mean this was the eighties. Yeah. And you know my little sister and I would sit there with our crayons and our Cheerios and watch the ballerinas. Yeah. And the head ballerina would walk around and like smack them with a stick yeah. if they didn't turn their legs out. And my ballet sister and I were just intense. like, oh, yeah. we are never gonna. <laughs> yeah, we do not want to do dance. So we, you know we were kind of scared. Um, what about like drawing, crafting, cooking, I, I was, like, visual I was never, art? Like drawing, I never really, I drew like maps all the time. I thought maps were fun. That's, um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that was like an early, like an interest in like structure? Probably. Yeah. Yep. And maps themselves always fascinated me. We would go on road trips and well, we, we lived in Nebraska and we were always coming back to Utah to visit oh. grandparents and my Colorado to visit my other grandparents and all over. So we were always, I was always looking at maps and figuring out landscape. Maps have always fascinated wow, me too. I love that. So. What a like cool detail. And then what about like crafting? Crafting? I never, I guess I remember cross stitching a few yeah, times, but I, I, I also remember like too. never finishing things. Yeah. Like. Same. Yeah. I started some embroidery projects at some point learned how to embroider some little flowers Good and then was skills, like, well, right? there it goes. There, yeah. 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 Really very useful. Yeah. yeah. What about like cooking? Cooking? Nope. I never really did that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my question, my, I have two questions. First, um, how, wh what was the kind of evolution into like, Hey, I'm going to major in music. Like, how did you fall in love with choir? Like, how did you kind of like, there's a difference maybe between like lo loving the thing and like wanting to do the thing. So like, right. how did that all happen? Right. I think that, um, I was just like, what else am I going to do? Nothing else. Really nothing else sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, my dad was a doctor at the time and, um, I have a pretty academic family. And so I, it wasn't even a question not to go to college. I right. knew that I would. Um, I was, I just didn't even know what, people did if they didn't so I sure. for, that was just the way that I grew up and um but I didn't have amazing grades either I was really a slacker um <laughs> just to contrast with like my little sister the one you know the perfect yeah. one that I was always getting into mischief Janny Janny I mean we are best friends now but um 
But I, you know, like, I think we took the ACT the same day. She was a grade younger and she got almost a perfect score and I got in the twenties and I was like, all right, that's fine. (laughs) And I remember falling asleep, taking it. And my parents are just like pulling their hair out. Like I was not a good student. I just, I'm like shocked to hear this actually, (laughs) cause you're meticulous now. Thank you. Yes, I am now. But, um, I definitely wasn't then. And I just, I was just wasn't interested. And I mean, I don't know why, because like that could have saved, like, did it it go off? No, it's, it's working. It's just, um, I like to keep an eye on it. So I'll just wake it up, but it's working. Um, did you, did you love choir in high school? Um, I loved parts of choir. Yes. There were, there were other things. Like I didn't make the top choir my senior year and I was like so devastated I remember they did a lot of dancing too I'm not yeah. a dancer right it's like a show choir yeah it was a show choir and I'm just not into show choirs yeah. um neither am I yeah just not my I thing. love a jazz choir yeah jazz choir well, I mean I can appreciate beast. show choirs I yeah. just don't that's not like what my heart yeah. calls and I'm just and I was never a good dancer despite um having taken dance but I was always like the one going left and everyone's going right I really mm-hmm. um I really don't have like a natural like intrinsic like body like rhythm like counts of eight or something like I have to and honestly I'm now I conduct a lot and have to keep you know lots of people the rhythm for lots of people but I like my hand can do it but I don't know my body never like that was harder for me so it's just fine yeah it's fine now tell me this when you like we're gonna declare a major as music ed did your like is this the kind of thing that like your high school choir teacher would be like what? Yeah, I think that he probably was like, oh, good luck. Wow. Um, That's brave. <laughs> well, like, I was also pretty, I don't know. I just, I was pretty confident as a singer myself. You know, I knew that I, that was like the one thing I did better yeah. than my little sister. You know, sure. like I was, um, I had a, I had a pretty voice and I worked hard at that. Well, probably not as hard. Like now looking back, I'm like, I didn't work hard at all. But at the time I think I thought I was working well, hard. I think that's the thing that matters. Yeah. Like, how is it, like, how is your identity? Right. So were you like identifying as like an artist, a creative type or like, how did you yes, feel? Yes, for sure. I for sure was. Um, I remember there, I like, I remember driving to like a half an hour away to take from a really good voice teacher. And my okay. parents were gracious enough to pay for that for me, you know? Um, and, and that gave me a lot of confidence and I learned a lot of really good things. So then when I went to college, I I thought, well, I'll just major in vocal performance because I hadn't, I really thought it would still be fun to be an opera singer. I hadn't given on. And I thought also it would be fun to be a choir teacher, but then I was like, oh, well, all the good singers are doing this vocal performance thing. I better do vocal performance. And then by the time I was a senior, (laughs) <laughs> and out of money and ready to graduate. I was like, why did I do performance? Like, I really think teaching would be fun. Yeah. So, um, so then I graduated from the U in vocal performance and, um, then I got a job working for a nonprofit for a couple of years cool. and I was thinking, you know what? I, well, my coworker came in once and, and she said, oh, I have to go to my son's uh, junior high choir concert tonight. Ugh, I can't like, can you believe like, doesn't that sound awful to go to a junior high choir concert? And I thought, no, that sounds really cool. I'd love to go to a junior yeah. high choir concert. And I was like, what am I doing in this office? Like yeah. I need to be like very few people in the world would get excited to go to a junior high choir concert. I, I need to be teaching choir. Like yeah. I knew, I knew by that point that that really was what I wanted to do with my life. And so I had to figure out a way to do it. So right as I was thinking I would go back to school, I'd talk to um, the professors at the U, like we take me back. They said, yes. Um, but then I got hired at a tiny little charter school called paradigm. Yeah. 
And then I didn't realize that that's been like your place. 17 years. I've wow. been there for 17 years. I know. I Wild, that. huh? Yeah. So, but I, I also, um, didn't like, they couldn't offer me a full-time position. And so I had, I had served a German mission and spoke German. Um, so I, I said, well, I, I guess I could teach German too. <laughs> Yeah, I'd never taught German before, yeah. and it was so hard. The first oh year gosh. teaching was insane, but it maybe it was really fun so, too. Did they have another choir teacher there? Was that why it was part time, or was it part time because it was a small school a small and they school. were starting? It was the first year that Paradigm started, wow. and so wait, so did you go back to school and get like so, a teaching no, certificate? Oh, so I so yeah. once you get hired in the state of Utah, you can certify it to be an educator. Okay, so as long as you can demonstrate proficiency in the in the subject area which I did um and then I got a certificate on the side but I knew I knew that I I knew that I could run a rehearsal I knew I yeah. knew I could do those things you know did you feel overwhelmed I mean like oh yeah knowing, for sure knowing I felt you can run a rehearsal like how did you know that uh just I don't know I just choirs, knew or? that I I knew that I could I knew that I could stand in front of people and tell them what to do yeah. and have um, the kind of presence I'd seen, I'd seen it done well. I'd seen it, you know, I'd seen rehearsals run well. I'd seen them not run well. Right. And I knew which one I could, which one I wanted to do. And not that I've always run my rehearsals well, but I've, um, I just felt like I could do this, you know? I feel like I would be so overwhelmed teaching like a traditional choir. Like I, cause I, I've taught vocal jazz ensembles, but I feel like I would not even know where to begin with like finding the right kind of repertoire, like, like managing a room that large of teenagers like I don't that would scare me so bad well I mean it is scary I, yeah <laughs> and it was and I'm sure you could do it Emily Thanks. but um I also <laughs> did enjoy the learning process but also I've always been very very into getting help like reaching out yeah. finding mentors you know like saying I don't know what I'm doing can you please give me yeah. some pointers and you know people are always really gracious to I've been very fortunate to have really great mentors yeah. so during the time that you thought you were going to be an opera singer yes. and you were in your vocal <laughs> performance degree, like how was your kind of identity evolving during that time? Like, were you, were you scared of things? Which things did you feel confident about? Like, how were you thinking about that? Hmm. Was I scared of I things? I feel like vocal performance is so scary. The only scarier scary. thing is piano performance. Oh, piano performance. That's like, I know. Terrifying. That is the, so the scary. most, right? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Um, I know. Good job. All you piano performance majors it's that are listening to this. <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Every time someone tells me they're a piano performance major, I'm like, <laughs> God <laughs> I, bless you. I think, wow, they must really like hanging out for five hours in the practice like, room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the great things about voice is you could, you know, you can only really practice a couple two, you know, two to four hours a day, right? You're yeah. going to wear your instrument out. So yeah. Four is kind of a lot too, with all the classes. Anyway, um, was I scared? Is that the yeah, question again? Just like, what was it like? Like, how did you feel? You know, I liked the technique of studying voice, but I very quickly realized that I didn't get excited about doing an aria all by myself yeah. or that I had zero ambition to like go off and join a young artist program. Like yeah. all the other singers were talking about all this, what they were going to do. And I was like, oh, that does not sound fun at all. Did you feel like you belonged? Um, as a singer, I, as a singer, I could, you know, hold my own. I wasn't amazing, but I, you know, I, I was okay. 
But um, I really felt more like, oh, choir. Choir is more fun. I'm going to do choir more. So I was always kind of drawn to choir. Well, I really liked... So, for example, when you graduate in vocal performance, you have to do, you know, a senior recital with all kinds of languages. And I kept roping people in to sing with me. Like, oh, my dad is a singer. So I had him come do all these German duets with me, you know. And um, I had all my friends. They were in this new early music group. We, like, did a bunch of stuff together. So, like, as many numbers as I could do, like, with people, I did. Because it was always more fun to me. Not that I... I mean, I wasn't even... I wouldn't even say that I was really afraid to sing alone. Yeah. It just did not sound fun. Wow. I love that. You know, one of my favorite things is just, like, talking with artists about, like, how does it look from your perspective? Like, what are the things that you're, like, you're, like, lit up about? And... Yeah, I mean, I've thought about choir a lot. Like, I, this is something I understand a bit. Like, the magic of singing with other singers is, like, something that's near and dear to me as well. But this, it feels to me in this moment like you're lit up about something, like, slightly different. Like, can you talk more about it? Like, what do you love? Like, what did you love at that time? Um, like, more specifically, like... I loved... I really loved choral music too. I fell in love with um, like Poulenc's Gloria. I thought, wow, this is amazing. We never did anything like when I got to college and we never did anything like this. Was it like the harmonies or like? Oh, the harmonies, the the intricate parts. I just thought, so I wasn't a great musician either, right? Remember, because my, like I've always hated the piano. So, um, so, you know, know, I was was decent enough that I could bake my way into music school. but, um, But one of the skills I did develop as a child was that we sang a lot. And so I learned how to harmonize just with yeah. my parents, cousins, siblings, uncles, whoever yeah. was singing. So I got, I got good at harmonizing and I, I found that that was really, really fun. So then when you're in a choir, you know, you get to do that part. And I, I loved that. I loved hearing all the different parts come in. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's such a relatable feeling of like, the hearing the way that the that the parts become a whole mm-hmm. do you feel like that's like that's like what it is a lot of times I think that's what it is yeah. yeah and I, I think it's just fun to have that kind of connection with other people and, and create something so beautiful that yeah. you know just lasts a second and then it's gone but it it's so ephemeral. beautiful yeah yep I love that too that's wonderful I feel like I'm not sure like how to ask this but I I feel like there's another story in here that's like you seem really resilient. Like I can, I can see you just being like, Oh, I didn't make the top choir in high school. Oh, my ACT scores aren't great. Oh, like I don't want to go do these young artists development programs and still just feeling like your joyful Joan self. Like what <laughs> Thanks, is Emily. that? But no, that feels huge though. I think that, um, that is like the the thing I have going for me. Like I I'm just not going to quit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I will figure out a way to do it if I want to. Um, and I didn't want to be an opera singer, so I didn't figure that out. But I did find it. I did figure out a way to have music in my life, and you know, as a part of my career and supporting myself and my family with it, which is a real blessing, you know. Yeah. I wonder if like you've, cause you know, I met you like when you're 15 years into your career and it feels to me like you're very well like respected by like the, the choral educator community (laughs) and you're very confident. (laughs) And then I could, I just feel like, I feel like based on the way that you're kind of telling this story, like you had every opportunity to feel a lot of like imposter syndrome. Yeah. I think, I mean, we all struggle with that probably a little bit, but it sounds like you 
don't. <laughs> That's good, Emily. Yeah. Um, I do sometimes, though. I mean, it, it all happens, right? Like, it, it can creep yeah. in on you in the in the worst ways, right? It's something we all have to fight as yeah. artistic people, as creative, as women. I, think I, I mean, all of those so, things, right? It's such a, there's such powerful things to talk about, I think. But yeah, I mean, I've just, I feel like it's another thing that I think about a lot lately because I feel like I also, like, have been in a lot of rooms where like I was not the most talented person. And I feel like, um, I used to feel really kind of insecure about that. And increasingly like more and more every year, I feel like, Oh, but I have something else. That's mm. like, like there's something about that, like stubbornness, yeah. like a certain type of resilience. That's like, the longer you look at it, like the more that it's like just as valuable as like a talent thing. I, I think you're right. Um, I think part of the reason I got that was that I was never the best. Like I was yeah. never the best. Like, like my wonderful little sister was always doing everything perfect. And I yeah. was like, Oh, forget it. Like I'm never, I'm not even going to try. Like, um, so like I was always finding my own way to excel that yeah. wasn't like the normal way. Right. That's creativity too. Can yes. you be more specific? Like give me an example. Oh, let's see. Or just say more about like what that means to you. Cause I feel like I know what you're talking what about. What that but means to me. I feel like some people would hear that sentence and be like, what? <laughs> like finding other ways to excel. Like uh, just changing your paradigm. Yeah. Changing the <laughs> paradigm. <laughs> Since I teach at paradigm high school. Um, Let's see. So, I mean, I, I guess I could launch into the musical that I'm writing okay, and talk yes. about it. Do you want me to? Well, okay. one thing that I wanted to say, like maybe before you, because this, remember how I said I had two questions? Yes. And we've been on the one this whole time. <laughs> but so, well, Joan is working on this incredible musical, like about autism. I don't know if it's like about autism, but. Yeah, it's about autism. And I'm curious whether. So I'd, I'd love to hear you just talk about the musical. And then I, I specifically want to know, like, how those interests, like, if if those interests were things you were cultivating as, as, a, as a youth, yeah. like, just thinking about people in a different way. But please just go for it. Tell me about okay, your well, musical. So the musical really, the musical I'm writing, Solve for X, really started as, like, the greatest task avoidance ever. Yeah. Um, so... I got this assignment from my administration, which I love. I have the best boss ever at Paradigm, Fernando Seminario. He's just great. Paradigm is a really wonderful place, and I'm, I feel so fortunate to be there. But they gave us this really dumb assignment. Like, well, not all dumb. I just didn't want to do it. Yeah, all the, all the faculty. Okay. So we had, to, um, we had to read two books, um, one called The Shift, which is kind of about um, – seeing people, treating people with kindness, those kind of things. I'm really summarizing. It's much more than that. But then also um, some writings by Plato, like um, Socrates, talking like, um, oh, what is it? The Mento? Uh, the, anyway, the... I, I wish I knew. I, I'm, I'm so really, sorry. Really, really feeling embarrassed that I forgot right now. <laughs> Don't but the, feel embarrassed. The, the essence of the discussion that we read, the Socrates discussion, is can virtue be taught? Um, which was, you know, yeah. it was fascinating to read. And I like reading. But then... We had to write a 2,500-word um, essay after, um, kind of summarizing like our educational philosophy. And cool. um, I thought, okay, well, I can 
I can do an essay. I went to college. I can, you know, yeah. you, you learn, you learn and those you skills. you like language. I like language, but it sounded so boring, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I just much rather, can I, and oh, and then this was the kicker though. They so said, boring. they they were like, we are going to put you in peer, like peer Mm-mm. groups to that sounds, that's where you lose me right through the year like throughout the school year we want you to meet in these little peer groups and discuss your essay and you know get it ready for publication wow and and not that we really I mean it's high school you don't have to publish it's not like publish it's or not, par- perish like at a university right. but they wanted they do a lot of um writing and reading a lot of reading at paradigm and they wanted to they wanted to show the students, and I, I think this is a good thing. They wanted to show the students that the the teachers, um, the mentors there were, you know, also beautiful. doing that, which is good. Yeah. It is, but it just sounded boring to me. And I yeah. thought, I am not, I do not want to do that. And I, so I said, hey, um, instead of writing an essay, can I just write a musical? Yeah. And my boss said, okay, if you want to spend like a thousand extra hours out, I'm like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. You didn't. I love that you didn't pitch like a song, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I'm gonna just write a musical. <laughs> Oh, so right now I'm I, like, it just sounds so crazy. And when right, you told me you were writing this oh. musical because we went out to lunch. Yeah. And you, I mean, I think you had already, you had already really started, but like when we were kind of first talking about it, I just thought like, how, what is, it's crazy. Emily. What That's is, what it is. It's amazing. It's crazy. No, no, it is insane. Like the, <laughs> it really is crazy. I mean, the amount of people that like, listen to like musical music and like sing musical musical like enjoy listening Broadway or or perform it versus the amount of people who like write it is like huge like huge difference in number right it's like it's it's like saying I like looking at the moon so I'm gonna build a rocket and like go to the moon instead of just like looking at the moon like everyone listening to Broadway and enjoying it I'm gonna try to go there that's oh, crazy writing a musical is like it's insane terrifying oh well like, i'm sure that you could do it you have done so amazing things but mm, i even know, know if you felt if you felt the call but yeah but i love that you felt the call oh, and you were like yeah i'm doing sometimes it. i love that i felt the call and sometimes I mean, i'm so tired of it <laughs> that's just what a big project that's, is it's though. true it's yeah. true because i mean i started this in 2019 i think that summer the summer of 2019 was when we got that yeah. assignment yeah. so i drafted out like what I wanted. Oh, and my students, like the year before my students had written this musical. And I remember thinking, like, I remember having them come to, I I tried to schedule a rehearsal after school and they all said, no, we we can't come this time. We're we're rehearsing for our musical that we're doing. And I was like, no, I, you guys, we have a concert. And they're like, I know, but our musical is the next week. And I was like, what in the world? So then I went to see this musical that high school, my students had, you know, put on. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm not doing anything creative like like these students are. It was so inspiring, and I, That's amazing. I so I think that was probably the first time that I was like, well, maybe maybe I could write a mu- musical. Um, Is that like where did that? Did was it like you heard the idea and then thought like I think I want to do that, or did you have a secret yearning all along? Oh, I, I like if you told me in high school that I'd write a musical, like never I would. I please remember this was like I was falling asleep taking the ACT. Like right. I was not, well, you know, that kind of like it's a bound for endeavor. Broadway. Like yeah, no one oh was going to vote me that in the yearbook, you know. <laughs> no. um, what is that a thing? I mean, bound I don't know. Broadway. Probably. Um, did you do you like musicals? Like, um, I listened to a lot of musicals in high school, but then when I got to college, 
I really listened to more opera because I mean I was doing vocal yeah. performance and all the rep well, that we were opera's singing. Opera is kind yep. of a musical too. Yes, right. It yeah. is. Yeah. And a lot it's of really the things, not different. Right. There, there's a lot of crossover, and um, I just like singing. That's really. I just really yeah. like singing. So, um, I think those are my two strengths. Like I like singing, and I don't give up if I want if it's something I want to do. Great problem solver. <laughs> And I well, do yeah, think or this, task like, avoidance, right? I mean, I was task of this is like classic ADHD, which I have. Mm. Um, like, don't want to do something, so you're going to do something else, even if it's so much more, so much more difficult, right? Gosh, I really relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> right. I feel like I live in that space as well. Yeah, like, but maybe for me, it's like I'm supposed to like like I checked my voicemails the other day. How many unread messages? 37 Joan. <laughs> um, but I will like clean out the whole house before I like just check my voicemails. Yeah. Yeah. My house gets really clean when I'm like avoiding doing, writing a song or and something. Such too. an easy thing to check your voicemails, but I'm just like, I know. no, I don't want no, to do I it. Know. I know. Executive functioning. <laughs> like you, you have, you have to channel that energy because anyway, yeah. Well, it really is like I have, I'll do, I have to do something that I want. Mm -hmm. I also hate like getting ready for bed <laughs> and I have to like, I have to put on a podcast. Like otherwise I will get too bored. Like I will get too bored yep. just trying to brush my teeth and then I'll be like, well, better reorganize the closet because yeah. I'm so bored Yep, trying is, to brush my yep, teeth. I can relate to that. Yep. Yeah. Andrew teases me. He's like, don't you just want like I'm, I'll be so tired and he'll be like, just brush your teeth like so you can go to bed. <laughs> and then I'm just like, uh, it's so boring. It's so boring. I can't do it. It's like it takes the life out of me. It's so Funny. that's so silly and so dumb. I love it. OK, so tell me everything. Like, how did you because you don't have. You're not autistic. You no, don't I'm have not kids autistic. that are autistic. Although like, every time I take tests, like those little cheap online tests, I always they're always like, you could be autistic. I feel like I, but I don't. They say like ADHD. Yes, they, there's a lot and of PTSD. Crossover. Also has like yes, yeah, a lot of lot of those things. And there's are a good chance mm -hmm. we both have all, a yep, cluster all of all of those, those things. things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, I have been diagnosed with ADHD. I was diagnosed right after college, and um, I, I don't like. I would. I would say I didn't really start taking that seriously or doing like I, I didn't take any medication for that until, gosh, my daughter was born and I was in my mid 30s. And you know what? It really does help. I, gr yeah. I really am grateful for things that they do and things they know. But when I was a kid, like they didn't, especially girls that especially were, you girls. know, yeah. you know, they didn't know about autism and they didn't know about ADHD. So. I started writing the musical and actually it started with maps. You remember how I said I always liked yes. maps? I thought it would be really neat to have like some kind of plot because I just thought I, I, I'll write a musical. Oh, I'd written a song. I had never written any songs before besides like, I don't know, theory assignments in college, sure. which doesn't really count. But someone asked, someone had poetry and they asked me to write a song for it. And I thought they didn't know very many musicians, obviously, or else they would have asked <laughs> someone else. But I love um, it though. So I love that you were like, yep, I'll do it. I'll try it. It yeah. was the summer and I wasn't, that's you know, so, super busy. And I, I feel thought like I'll try that's it. the Joan thing. Like <laughs> it's just like a, well, they, I mean, also I was like, there's no, like they, I, it doesn't have to be good. They're not paying me. And I, and I also like, I think you know, that okay. reasoning is not a reasoning that a lot of people would go through. I feel <laughs> like that's might that might be like your superpower. Maybe. Oh, well, like reasoning yourself into like, like doing I've, something hard or like just doing <laughs> Being willing something to try that something. Yeah. Yes, that yes. you feel like you could so easily talk yourself out of it. Right. 
Um, I think that's amazing. So I'd written this song and it wasn't, oh, but also I had to teach myself how to like, I mean, I was old. So when I was in college, like we were, I was turning in like staff paper right. with like theory assignments on Same. it, you know? Yeah. And so I like had to figure out oh, how to notate on like various, you know, soft, I mean, I'd finale, Sibelius I'd kind of used in college, but like, um, I had to kind of figure out how to notate on a computer, which was fun. And I, I enjoyed it. And then I enjoyed writing the song. And so that's when I thought, oh, maybe I could write a musical instead of this essay yeah. that I don't want to write. Um, so I started with the map. I thought it would be really fun to have a map that um, was part of like integral to the plot because I've always loved yeah. maps, maps of all kinds, like topographical maps, maps of the world, maps, maps of amazing. everywhere. I just love maps. I can look at them for hours and just kind of plot out what they, like if it's a topographical map, I, a top, I feel like a I'm saying that wrong. Topographical. Um, I'm talking too fast. That's I'm a excited. lot of syllables. It is a lot of syllables, huh? Um, that I can look at it and kind of look what the terrain would be like because I did a lot yeah. of backpacking in college. And Joan, you're so cool. Oh, Emily. I love anyway, it. Anyway, so I, I like thought a map would be cool, and then I was talking to a friend of mine, and her, um, her son is autistic, and she said that they draw maps a lot to help him with new situations and kind of map out things. And I thought, oh, maybe autism could be in this musical. And then like it just started coming, like it just clicked. And I I really feel like um, there were things in my life that led, led me to it. I mean, I have um, autistic family members that are close to me. And, you know, autism has been something I've studied more in recent years. And I... Um, like as a teacher? As a teacher yeah. and also um, just it's more in the zeitgeist now, right? Like yeah. people are talking about autism more, which is yeah. really important there. And and autistic people are, you know, adults that are successful are coming out and saying, I'm autistic and it's something I'm proud of. And I think that's yeah. wonderful for a whole generation of totally. autistic youth that, you know, maybe would have, that didn't have that, they didn't have that support before and now yeah. they do. So I hope, I hope I can be a part of that support. Um you know, my, my view of autism is very positive. You know, I think it's a great, it's, it's, it's a different mindset and that's yeah. what it is. You know, all humans have, have, you know, challenges and, um, you know, adversity they have to overcome. And in our neurotypical world, it's always, it's going to be trickier for people who are autistic, but, but it is um, nothing to be ashamed of. And it's, yeah. it's really a a cool. Yeah. It can be yeah. a real, real cool thing it, to have a different mind, you know, and I, I'm, I am neurodivergent as a, you know, with my ADHD brain and I feel that and I can tell that it is different, but, um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, being autistic is, is even more different, I would say. Um, so anyway, I started writing a musical about autism yeah. and I just started, but I also didn't have a lot of time cause I have three little kids and I'm like yeah. teaching choir, probably part-time by this point. Um, I stopped teaching German, but I was teaching choir still. And, um, just a lot of, I didn't have a lot of time, but I, I just started reading all of these, um, blogs and Instagram, Insta I started following people on Instagram that were autistic and just kind of hearing about their journey and thinking about what life was like for them. And then interviewing family members that, you know, are autistic and thinking about, you know, relationships. And I started, you know, formulating a plot mm. and, but I all, I immediately realized that, like I said, I don't like doing things alone, right? So yeah. I wanted to have people help me. So I asked a few different people to help me and people have been, you know, willing to 
um, consult and things like that. And I'm really grateful family members, but then I got my cousin who's autistic okay. and he is writing it with me and I'm really wow. grateful for his help. Is he a musician too? He is. Oh, he's a singer. Yeah. Cool. Um, he, I knew he was brilliant. This family, like all his siblings, all he, they're all just so brilliant. And yeah. I, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to see if he will write it with me. And he said, yes, I love that. even though I'm not paying him because I like, this is only costing us money so far. You know well, what I mean? Sometimes creativity just, it's its own reward. I, I hope yeah. so. But I knew that I also well, wanted to if get he's the not story like a right. Creative in his life. Oh, he's creative. He's super creative. Okay. I yeah. was going to say, if he's, he's not, if he's not having another outlet for that, then like, I can see that being no, like a real I, he gift. He is really creative. And I knew yeah. that. And I knew that. Well, I, I, w- I was really hoping he would say yes. And he said, he said, yes. So that was a little, gosh, over a year and a half ago, maybe. And we've been working on it ever wow. since. Okay. I, ha- I want you to talk in specifics because I've heard some of it and it's brilliant. Oh, it's thanks, so wonderful, oh. Joan. Um, but this, this kind of, this kind of feeling of like being interested in like other people and their minds and like, you know, reframing a perspective is that something that has always been like interesting to you? Yeah, I think that's always been interesting to me. Does yep. that feel like so I've been I've been thinking a lot lately about like medium and the ways in which medium is porous. I feel like this started for me thinking about creating art and consuming art and how like both of those are creative endeavors. Like when you read a book, like you're exercising your creative muscles yes. even though you're just kind of like you're just, you're not making anything, but it's still like a creative endeavor to like thoughtfully watch an opera or read a book or go to an an art museum. And then if like, that's, those are both creative, then I kind of feel like, I don't know. It just, it makes me think in a weird way about medium and kind of like the ways in which we're being creative. And I, I really feel like thinking creatively about other people being a creative listener like those feel like me like mediums to me almost Mm -hmm. and like things that certainly have been feeling creative to me since I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really curious about that with you like if if this you know in the same way that you're bringing maps in and like all these different loves um if like these kinds of stories of like understanding people are like, does that feel like something you've always cared about? I think it's something I've always cared about. Yes. Um, trying to figure out how to navigate the world, what makes, what is important to people has always been fascinating to me. Um, and I think to speak to what you were talking about a minute ago, the, the idea of being like a, either a consumer of art or like a producer of art, I think they're not mutually exclusive. So um, I, I think about how I want to raise my children and I want them to be creative yeah. and to feel like they have freedom to do that. Um, and, you know, I'd rather have them doing something than watching someone else do it a lot of the times. Yeah. However, I think there is something so valuable about being inspired by someone else's creativity. Yeah. And, and as long as you have that thought like, oh, look how inspiring they are. And I am also going to learn from that and, you know, be my own creative self. I think that um, it could be really inspiring to see other people create and Mm. you, like you can be a consumer of someone's art with the idea that you are also going to be a creator. Yeah. It's like you're you're working the same skills on the input and the output. Yep. Um, That feels really intuitive to me. Like you can't be a 
good creator. I mean, I think unless you're like consuming things too. Right, like you need that's to be inspired. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing more inspiring to me than seeing someone else's brilliance and I think, "Oh, I like that is so inspiring. Like they did that. I've got to figure out how I can do something brilliant too." I mean, not that I mean, I don't know. Not that I'm not that I run home and like write a symphony or something, but it's just it's it's yeah. really um it's really rewarding to see someone's hard work and their creativity. Do you feel like you're like gifted with people? Like, do you feel like you're good at like Uh, understanding people, communicating? I don't think so. Actually, I think that I've gotten better, but it was, it's been a skill that I, I would say it wasn't really intuitive as a child. That feels like even more interesting. I think like to, to think of like understanding people and communicating as a skill. Like it's another thing that I think, cause I've interviewed, um, I interviewed Reed. Yes. So like, Reed. I've, I've interviewed like a choral conductor, but we both know that teaching like kids is a whole different ball game. And especially like if you're in like the public school system, being like a middle school or high school choir director is like, it's so many things. It's a like, lot. Yes. It's the, like the sight reading and teaching the solfege and like mm-hmm. getting them ready for all these different things. Like mm-hmm. it, there's so much. And I feel like the, the creativity, like finding, like inspiring teenagers to, to create like beautiful choral music is like a whole different thing than inspiring college students. I'm sure that it is. Um, I think inspiring college students sounds way scarier to me, actually. Sure. But <laughs> but I like I like building from the ground up. I like teaching them. This is a quarter note, you know. Yeah. One of the things that I love about singing is that um, you don't like you don't have to be good at it to enjoy it. Yes. You know, hardcore. Amen. Like it, you know, like you can just like to sing and that is fine. That's it's great. Now, now I, I, you know, I'm always trying to help people improve their singing skills, but yeah. like. It's fun just to do it, even yeah. whatever level you're at, if it is fun for you. I think I'm one. I think I'm kind of, I think I have a supposition that you have like some magical skills that maybe feel <laughs> a little invisible to you because you do them all the time and wondering like just how those, how your like very specific skill set, your insight, the experiences you've had have kind of led you to like this musical. Emily, you're so nice to me. I mean, I, I think it's know. really real. <laughs> Invisible skills. That's really nice of you. Well, um, I think we all have them. Like, yes, I, I'm so I, curious about it. Yeah. Like, what are the, like, what are like these, like nothing and everything skills that like each person is like yeah. just baller at? Right. Like, it's just such a cool, I really like it. Like the kinds of things that if someone just like shadowed you, 24 seven for like yeah, what would a they month. See? What would they, what yeah, would they or take away they that see... you don't know that exactly. they would, yes, absolutely. that they would be like, what is that? Like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I just, well, like, don't you do that? Like, like we all do that. Like, yeah. Right. Totally. Like these, in, like these insomnia moments, like yes. these kinds of like the type of math that your brain is doing mm-hmm. in like a, a quiet moment. Like I sometimes think there's magic in there. I agree. Yes. Yeah. And I'm wondering what, what magic, what magic is going on with you? <laughs> I hope, I hope we'll have some magic. It's going to take a lot of magic no. to get the musical done. It's, it's such a yeah, big project, right? It's huge. Ugh. But I suspect you're just already doing it. I, I mean, it's magic. It. It's magic to be like, I'm making a musical. But, I mean, that's just, it's I don't incredible. Know. It, it, it is. But like, I tell people that and there's nothing to say. They just blink at you because like, what do you say? Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So, but here's the thing. It is fun to write. So I, I learned that I liked writing when my friend asked me to set his, his poem, I learned I liked writing and I learned that coming up with melody was easy. So I'd never written anything before. I never really had any desire to write. Um, and then I thought, oh, it's really kind of fun to come up with songs. Oh, this is super fun. How Um, did you do it? Because the, some of like the pieces that I've heard, they are like mathematical, like <laughs> they are organized. They are like structured. Oh, well, that's nice of you. I think I've just listened to a lot of music. Um, I think you're thinking of the one Scantron song that um, Malcolm Gladwell played on his pro- That's probably the one yeah, you've maybe. heard because I recorded that no, one. No, you played some for me. Yeah, I think yeah. that, yeah. I was listening, to, I was playing a lot of Bach. Remember how I hate the piano, but yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to make myself get better at it. Yeah. So I've been like slaughtering through Bach's two-part inventions for the last I don't know, forever years. So I, I always have that kind of in my mind because I'm always working on one or two yeah. inventions. Um, so, I, I mean, just listening and, and, you know, having studied music and music theory, like you kind of get that, even though I hadn't, I've never studied composition. So, I mean, I, I can kind of yeah. tell you what I do to create a song, but I, it's probably different than yours because, and I would love to know your process too, because I, I mean, mine, mine is just very informal, right? I so love it though. I just start, I don't know, humming a tune that I thought I think might work and then I usually hum it a few times and then I start, because I'm a conductor, I start conducting to it to kind of feel like, oh, am I in, is this in four? Is this in three? Yeah. Like, what am I in here? And then once I can kind of feel the beat and the downbeat of it that, you know, is just grown out of the melody that's naturally come, then I, I start, I go to my computer and I log into MuseScore, which is free, so I use it because I haven't bought anything fancy. But someday, maybe I will. No, and no pressure. Lots no of people pressure. just prefer like MuseScore well, to like Finale. Okay, well, yeah, that's actually great. That makes yeah. me feel okay. But um, also, I don't compose with my fingers because I'm not a pianist, right. you know. So I, I'm a singer, and so I compose. I compose with my voice, um, and then. I, I go and, tra- but I, I did study music so I can, I can transcribe it. I guess there is a, a realm or there's a, I don't know, a genre, a, a class, a class, a type of composer, a Broadway composer that is called a hummer mm-hmm. that they just hum melodies and then someone else transcribes them. We but, call but, that um top lining. Oh, really? In, in jazz? Pop, in the, uh, okay. In pop. In yeah. pop, in pop like world? Recording. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, in Broadway, they call it the hummers. And I was telling, cool. I have a little... I have a little Broadway group or a musical theater writing group that I should tell you about because they're fantastic. Yes, please. But um, I was talking to them and I, I said, oh, I think I'm a hummer because that's what I do. I hum it and then I write it down. They're, they said, no, you know how to write it down. So you're not a hummer. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I do hum it to start. And then I, I get the, the melody notated. And then I just studied theory. So I, not that I'm a great at theory, but I, I know what chords should go where yeah. and kind of what, you know, this, oh, this probably needs a third here and things like that. So then I, and then I kind of slaughter through it with my fingers, but I'm not, I'm not great at playing it. So yeah. I often take it to my mom and I'm like, mom, can you play this? Oh, How does this feel I in your hands? It. You know, cause she's a real pianist. So she knows, you know, like to me, everything feels choppy in my hands. So I have to take it to pianists and have them feel it. So that's kind of what I do. So, but also it's really clever. Like the language of it is really clever. Will you talk about like the plot, the title, okay, and then like yes. maybe some of the pieces? Yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit. So the the plot is called, or the, the musical is called Solve for X. And it is about an autistic girl navigating high school. Her older sister is neurotypical and she's a senior. And West, the autistic girl, is a freshman and L is the senior, and it's about it's a story of sisters. So about their conflict, about 
um, about being autistic, about being embarrassed to have an autistic sister, about realizing you shouldn't be embarrassed to have an autistic sister. Um, it's going to be a coming of age story. Um, and the map, the map. So when West was little, new situations were really scary for her. And her older sister, Elle, created maps of like the dentist office or the doctor's office or like this is the neighborhood. This is where the scary guy, if you throw your toys in his yard, you can't ever get them back, you know, those kind of things. And created a map and they, they would, you know, add details to the map. And the map was kind of a fun way that they could bond together as sisters and interact with the world. So when, um, when West goes back to high school, she had been homeschooled for a few years in my musical. When she starts high school again, um, her older sister is, is worried. She is, she's like, Oh no. Um, I love my sister, but I I am really worried that she's weird and it's going to affect my life. And, uh, I want her kind of out of the way, but I also love her and I feel guilty about that. And so she creates a treasure map kind of selfishly because she wants her to, you know, be busy doing this treasure map Mm. like of high school. So the treasure map of high school, like the gym is skull rock and like the, um, the football field is Buccaneer Bay. And so it's like Cute. everything corresponds yeah. in the treasure map version. So then then there's an alternate universe that the, the sisters can delve into, like the alternate universe of the treasure map version of high school versus real high school and the challenges that they face. So that's kind of the gist of it. Um, but like I said, I knew nothing about writing musicals. I mean, nothing. Yeah. So I knew, and I knew that I knew nothing. Like I knew that I knew nothing. So I started reading books, first of all. So I read... Um, I read Making Musicals by Tom Jones, who wrote The Fantastics, which is one of my favorite musicals. And then I wrote, read another one like How Musicals Work by Julian Wolford. And it was, um, I just read a few books and I started talking to people. I mean, I knew, I knew a lot of writers in my family. I knew people had written books and even screenplays, but I didn't know anyone who, I, I didn't think I knew anyone who was writing musicals, but then I found like, oh, I know a few people. So I started, um, reading you can keep talking yeah okay keep talking yeah i'm just waking Um, it up actually while we're i'm gonna take a drink yeah please do yeah i want to hear specifically about the the math song well because it's also like when i just remember when you were talking to me about it like you were showing well you camilla we were camilla and i were there you were showing us some of your things and playing us some things oh my that that sounds so embarrassing we're at a cafe and i'm like here guys let me pull my laptop and show you my new song no it was amazing (laughs) it was wonderful i don't think i had lyrics even at that point maybe i had maybe Uh, i feel like you had some i I feel like you whipped out a whole stack and it was like (laughs) contrapuntal and like all of the like like, like just even like the the way that I remember it is like the background vocal parts are also clever and there's like Thank all these you. jokes like what <laughs> sorry how but I I, I, I love that that, it's, that was luck I think I that, I that was my second song I ever wrote and I got I think it was a beginner beginner's luck I haven't been as lucky with all of I mean I've written other songs that I'm proud of but I haven't been quite as lucky I as mean, with that I one. I think that's amazing though. Like, <laughs> Thank well, you. Tell, tell us about it. Yeah. Okay. So that song I wrote, I wrote first and it's called a scantron a day keeps all learning at bay. And it starts out with like, um, the bass singing, like the scantron bubble forms, like a B C D. And then, so um, clever. and then like the tenor comes in is like, pick your favorite number and just mark it every time. Which I was kind of thinking like, what did I do in high school? Like, 
I remember taking the ACT my senior year and I hadn't taken math my senior year. So yeah. like a lot, I was like, oh, why do you find the diameter of what? I can't remember. Yeah. So like a lot of it was like really <laughs> vague in my mind. Yeah. So I was like picturing like myself taking the slacker student taking the ACT. And then I was thinking of my other sister who's like, you know, determined to like get a scholarship to college yeah. and like outscore everyone. And, and, you know, so anyway, I was writing the song and I was thinking of that. And well, also I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast at the time, um, his revisionist history, Paul, so Malcolm good. Gladwell, the, you know, the New York Times bestseller yes. author who wrote like the tipping point and, you know, Blink. outliers blink as all yeah. those great ones. Yeah. And, um, he, or I was listening to his podcast at the time and he and his assistant had like challenged each other to take the LSAT to see who would, you know, do better. Malcolm Gladwell, who is interviewed, he's brilliant and interviewed everyone yeah. brilliant in the world, I feel like. And, yeah. and, um, you know, his, his young, I'm sure 20 something college student, right. Yeah. Intern. And, um, and they, they didn't ever say who took well, the, who got a better score, which stinkers. I thought was like, no, yeah. I thought it was like great. <laughs> I was so, I thought it was just perfect because, um, so anyway, I sent, I finished the song, but he was like listening to that podcast. Like we were saying, yeah. like seeing someone else's creativity was like so inspiring for me. Totally. And, um, not that I was inspired to take the LSAT, but <laughs> I was inspired to, um, think about what does a standardized test show? You know, yeah. it shows you're good at tests, you know, right. it, like I am not good at tests. I just love it. Like, <laughs> though, like just think about all these things. Like you understand like high school students or like that age. Cause like you're with them all the time. You remember like being a, like you remember some of that, like, it's just like such a beautiful amalgamation of like, like, I feel like only you could do that. <laughs> well, right? I don't know, but I'm glad I did do yeah. it because, um, because it was fun. And then I sent the song to Malcolm Gladwell and then he played it on his, his podcast, which Amazing. was great. And he, it was, it was really exciting because he, he said, Joan Riddle Steinman, you are a genius. And I was like, ha, take that like 22 on the ACT or whatever it was. Exactly. So <laughs> but that's amazing. And that's also like a, neurodivergent right, absolutely. success story. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. And then he also, I guess a lot of people had called in and said, um, or had written in and were like, well, what is your, what's your score? What is it? Like everyone wanted yeah. to know, but I, when I emailed him, I didn't even ask. I was like, yeah. good job. Not saying. Yeah. And so he, he was funny. He said, um, he said, you want to get on my good side? Write me songs. And my mom called me after she heard the podcast and she said, I'm going to get a bumper sticker that says my daughter's on Malcolm Gladwell's good side. Cute. <laughs> like, anyway, so that was pretty fun. So that was right at the kind of the beginning of writing the musical. So it, it did give me some momentum because um, this is, it's just such a big project, Emily, as you know, like yeah. it's eating an elephant and, and I also don't know what I'm doing. So I'm like learning how to eat the elephant as uh, I go, you it's know? It's so radical though. <laughs> so... That was exciting. And then the best thing, other than having, having Joseph, my cousin, write it with me, because he, I feel like he keeps me in track. And also, um, he's just so brilliant. And so other than like having Joseph come and join, the best thing that's happened is I found this amazing group of musical theater writers in New York. And cool. it was during, during COVID and they were all meeting online. And I joined their group and it has been the best thing that's ever happened for me wow. because I knew I needed mentors. Yeah. So, um, there's a woman, a musical theater writer in New York. Her name is Kit Goldstein Grant. And she, um, she and her brilliant friends, she runs a class, um, for musical theater writers and she's writing musicals in New York. And she started an online class during COVID 
And I didn't join her first session. It was full, but I emailed her again. And I was like, I really want to do this. And she said, sure, join it. So I joined this class and we meet every Saturday for like, we do eight week sessions. So we pay for an eight week session. And then there's about six of us, like maybe five projects. And Kit is our moderator. She, or she's the teacher. So she, she kind of facilitates and we all share, but I couldn't believe like several, several people in the class could also teach the class. And I kept thinking like, why are they in here? Mm. And then they were like, oh, we don't do things unless we have deadlines. And, Mm. you know, so that's why we're here. And I thought, oh, that makes sense because you obviously can teach this class too. And it's just so, it's so amazing listening to them. So, um, so I feel really fortunate. So so there's like me and Joseph in Utah (gasps) and then like (gasps) Kit in New York and Eric Libby and, uh, no, wait, sorry, Ed Libby and Eric Grunin in, and all brilliant class members. So, I've really learned a lot from them because they're all writing and, and three of them have done the, the BMI workshop, which is a three-year workshop for musical yeah. theater writers in New York. That is, um, it's a scholarship. It's very competitive because it's, um, you don't pay for it. And so, but three of them have done that, which is just amazing. So that's where I've, I've learned and grown the most as, you know, I was writing songs, but, yeah. and I knew I needed some vague story, but I, I didn't really understand the nuts and bolts. And now having taken that class with Kit and sharing, you know, periodically, I've like, I've taken four or five se- sessions and I'm really grateful. One of my uncles has um, been willing to like fund a lot of that, cool. the, the tuition for the class for me, which is really, really great. Um, That's awesome. Thanks Uncle Joseph. Um, I love it. And Uncle David. And so I've learned, I've learned so much there and that has really helped me. So if, I mean, if anyone's listening to this and thinking, I want to write a musical too, you should, but also you're, you're going to need a lot of help in a, a group that that knows what they're doing and and can mentor you and kind of help you along the way and and say oh this is a great idea or you know I don't think that will work it's just really helpful tell me this how do the people in that group or those groups um I don't know if it's always the same people but how do they like reflect back at you like how do they make you feel oh, like they how are do so they... gracious and so kind they are so nice. They're like, we're so glad you're here. And I'm like, me from Utah? Like, you're glad I'm here? Thank you. Like, I'm glad I'm here too. But uh, I, I bet they're just being honest. They're like, really nice. Um, it, uh, And you know what? Actually, they are the same people because everyone, almost everyone has taken the class multiple times because it's just such a good little, we just have such incubator. a good little group. Yeah. We just, everybody is everyone's projects are interesting. Like their projects are very interesting to me. And I feel really grateful that, you know, my project is interesting to them. So it's been a good thing. That's amazing. Do you want to talk about like art more broadly? Like I love art. What are there any like subjects that you're like thinking about lately? Hmm. Like what, Mm. what do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? (laughs) I need to finish the musical. So let me think what, um, I guess, okay, let me, I'll talk out my plan with you. Okay, please. So do. we, in Feb, no, in March of last year, we did a preview show with, um, the Harrington Center, which is actually from Utah and American Fork here in American Fork. Have you heard of it? No, um, well, just from you. Yeah. Just the from Harrington that. Center, they have a grant, I think, to help, um, people who are writing musicals. Cool. And so they offered me the chance to do 40 minutes of music for, like a preview show to get feedback from panelists, which was really rewarding. Um, also exhausting because yeah. we did a lot fast and then I was really burned out. So a yeah. project this big, like I've had to been, I've had to allow myself to like 
also pull back for a few months because yeah. it can take over my life. And then suddenly no kids don't have socks and they're yeah. eating macaroni every day. And I'm like, Oopsie. and they're like, mom, can we stop having little Caesars? And I think, okay, you're right. Like I also <laughs> have to, like, I have to balance this. So, um, you know, it was great to, to get a lot done. Um, and, and we had, we have, you know, uh, we made a lot of really important decisions as we were preparing for that, that we've carried through. So i my goal is to finish up the musical within the next year and then just try to get it performed a few times. Like one of the things that one of the presenters said, um, at the, at the event we did in March with Sulfur X is he said that musicals aren't written, they're rewritten. And I, I that is very, very mm. true. So we're going to have to do. Um, everyone always asks me, is it done yet? And I, I just think, no, it's not done. Like, like, well, I wonder if like part of this, I mean, it depends on maybe who's asking, but maybe people don't know, like, is the script done? Are the right. songs kind of written? Right. Is the orchestration done? Is the like, I mean, production is like a whole different ball totally. game. <laughs> but are the songs written? So we have a lot of songs written. We still need some. Okay. We we have a good outline that we feel good about, and we know where we need songs. Okay. Um, sometimes certain songs speak to me, and sometimes they don't. And I, I just that. think, I, I was supposed to write a different one, but the this other one came to me. So I've been working all week on a different one, yeah. the one I wasn't supposed. I mean, not that I wasn't supposed to do it, but yeah, no, we talked about a different yeah. order. But you have to go with what you know, you're, where you're feeling inspired. So. Yeah, that is that is the goal. So we have we have the outline. We know where we need songs. We know how we want it to end. We know that uh, math is an important part of the musical. Actually, I think you asked me about this, and I didn't talk about it. And that's one of the reasons I brought my cousin in because I knew he was brilliant at math, yeah. and I I gave up on math after what algebra? Would you take algebra three? I can't remember which one it is. Right before I, I never took know. calculus. So um, anyway, math is going to be an important part of the musical, and that's why it's called Solve for X. Um, math, the, the, the autistic sister West is good at math and she finds a way that she can interface with her peers, um, in a way that she's comfortable and that is beneficial to everyone. And and it's a different way that her, it is a very different way than her neurotypical sister thinks that she should be, you know, interfacing with her peers. So that's, that's kind of how the math came in. And I thought I need to write a song about math and I don't know anything about math. And, and Joseph, Joseph knows about math. Yeah. So here's my here, brilliant cousin. I have lots of brilliant cousins and come help me. Um, yeah, I have lots of cousins. Yeah. Anyway, so hashtag Mormon, hashtag Mormon. Yeah. yeah. Tons. I mean, you just have to tap those resources because <laughs> lots of lots of cousins. Yeah. So anyway, we, um, we hope to be finishing up with, you know, soon. I mean, and then it'll need, it'll definitely need someone to help with the orchestration. Cause you know, like I, I'm not a pianist, so I got to make sure is a whole right? different I'll have to probably game. hire someone at that yeah. point to do some things. And then, you know, we'll want to record a, um, a demo. yeah, a yeah. demo. And, and, but I mean, my, my boss at paradigm has always been really gracious. He's like, yeah, you can get it. You can do it here. And so that'd be a good place to kind of test yeah. it out. So we'll just see. That's amazing. Yeah. So you had said it's a story about sisters. It's a coming of age story. Like, I think I'm curious, like, just well do your do your thoughts about like what it's about like evolve as you get to know the thing better like your thoughts about what it means like who it's for like what the kind of messages are yes I was reading in one another book that I read which is called the musical writer's survival guide by David Spencer and he's one of the guys who runs the 
the BMI workshop in New York, um, he says at some point you're going to have to like come to terms with what your musical is actually about versus what you thought it was right. about, you know? T- totally. So it, it really is about autism and being accepting, accepting autistic people as they are not trying to change them into a neurotypical person rather than an autistic person and just helping, you know, helping them live their best life, not trying to change them. How has like the experience of writing the musical, and I don't even mean, you know, in a technical way, but like just the experience of like taking yourself through this, how has it changed like the everyday teacher you are, the like everyday mom you are, the everyday friend you are, like how is it, how is it changing you? You know what? That is such a good question, Emily, because I feel like it's made me a better person all around. It's made me, um, okay. It's demanded like every ounce of talent that I have and like forced me to develop more, ta- you know, to develop talents yeah. in ways that I, to grow in ways that I probably didn't want to because I was being lazy or something, you know, but lazy is not a way that I would <laughs> ever describe you. But Thanks. But I mean, I had to like, it, like it's been, I've had to do it and I've had to make myself do it, you know, and, yeah. and, um, that's been good to do, you know, I'm a better musician for having you know, done some composing. Do you have any like weird grief? Like, why didn't I do anything this big earlier? No, zero. Yeah. It's like you had to be ready for it. Yeah. Because it wasn't like I was, you know, I mean, I was, I was doing like great, like, like teaching choir is great. Even if you never write a musical, like it's great to just absolutely teach choir. And, and even if you never write music, it's great to do music and, and interpret other people's music. Like that's fine. You know, not yeah. everyone has to, well, I think that. that's so true. I think, and I think that's why medium is like an interesting, it's an interesting question to think about because, you know, you and I both know this, but like, if you, if you take a room of, you know, a hundred, even, you know, middle school choir directors and a- ask each of those people, like, what's the thing you love about this? Everyone's going to have different stuff right? that they're like, yeah, I'm a choir director, but like the thing that I love is this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, just thinking about these kind of like the minutia of how like our individual brains like interact with like the work that we do, the people like this, the people that we're around. I don't know. I increasingly, I feel like the function of creativity in our society is like, it's about people. Like it's about you know, better communication, better insight, like different kind of perspective shifts. Um, like expression the, is, is your expression, ex- expressing, all these yeah. things like, or just being a better listener. Mm-hmm. Like when we consume works, you know, like anyone who consumes this work is bound to like think about autism differently. Yes. yes. Um, and those things are really important. Like, I don't know what my point is other than like, I, I do just think that these like, these small things, like these everyday things that we do, like are big, like they're kind of everything, like writing your, um, sight singing examples for your students. Like that can be as big of a feeling as writing a musical. Right. It can. And then they get that sight reading assignment and you're like, yes, it did it. Like they didn't know any, like they didn't, they knew lots of things, but they didn't know what a quarter note was. And now they can recognize that and even sing, you know, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Finding like those, finding like the, I don't know. I was talking about this with 
with some of my UVU students recently, but like, you know, being a teacher is like a performance too. It <laughs> like is. It you're truly standing is. Yes. up doing like physical comedy mm-hmm. and improvisation trying and trying to keep everyone with you. You right? know, and then like something happens, like one of your students throws up in the room. You know, yeah. like there just are like things that you have to like Has that happened to you, Emily? That's no, all okay, but good. I'm sure it's happened to someone. <laughs> in class yeah I was I was pregnant you know I mean yeah yeah well I'm sure it happens to people yes like you know I mean we've all I had a panic attack during class once you know like I don't know there's all kinds of things that happen or like you know a student starts crying or like you know you just you find yourself in like these situations where like you're orchestrating like you're a conductor of people like Mm -hmm. in this moment trying to protect like your student trying Mm -hmm. to honor the other students like I don't know. I think all of those things are like victorious. And I, I do suspect that anyone who's mindful, like no matter what their work is, ha- has discovered some interesting things, like has discovered some beautiful skills. I don't know. For sure. I think kind of everything is art or nothing is oh. or everything is. <laughs> like, um, it's kind of where my brain is everything lately. Everything can be, I think. I, yeah. I think everything. Yeah. Yeah, I one of the things I love about teaching high school students, and I mean that time of life, it's just it's so precious. Hard. I mean, yeah. you just you're learning to be an adult. You're almost there. You can see it, but you're not quite there. And you still, you know, your body's changing. All kinds of things. It's 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 hard, right? And you're not, you know, you're you're still bound to like, you know, the whims of your parents, which you know might they might be good, they might not be. You know, you just you don't know, yeah. and and um one of the things I love about music is, is that it can help my young teenagers like channel all of that energy in a really healthy way. Right. Like totally in a, like, it's not usually good to be so schizophrenic to go from one emotion to the next, you know, but, but in music you totally do like one song to the next, totally different emotion. And that's such a great, that's such a great thing to exercise and do in those, you know, it, it can make, you know, if you can have that fun roller coaster and all those different emotions, then it, it can smooth out the rest of your life where you can, yeah. you know, be a little more at ease is That's what, what I've I found. Mean. It's like we take this skill set that we yes. develop in creativity and then it goes with us absolutely in our families. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it's just like such a victory. It's like, yes. it's such an interesting thing. Like, ugh, I don't know. I love it. Okay. Let me ask you this. Cause this is another thing I've been thinking about lately. What do you think like this, this kind of feeling that some of us have of like, I'm an artist, what do you what do you make of it? Like, what do you think it is? I think like, that, well, I think for a lot of years, I mean, like most of my years, I've always felt like kind of a fake. I mean, I knew I was a singer and I knew I liked singing, but yeah. like, I don't know. Only recently would I call myself a composer lyricist because I never had those f- composing fingers. You know, yeah. people just are like, oh, let me, let me try this in the different like, key. Why did you know? why did you think, I think like I, real talk? Like, why did you feel like you were fake? I think I'd never. Well. I never, my mom was a musician, you know, and she was good. And I never, like, I never, I never got to, I never played the piano like she did, you know? Um, and I think that was one of the reasons, but also I just didn't know. I mean, that's silly. That is silly. It's it's silly, but I also think it's so relatable. That's why I feel like this maybe is the Joan magic. Like (laughs) I feel like feeling an, an imposter syndrome or feeling like, you know, whatever. And then just being like, yeah, but I'm going to write a musical. That's <laughs> going to do it anyway. That's really <laughs> something. Like, I feel like that might be, I mean, that's infinitely more valuable than like all the talent in well, the world. Well, thank you, Emily. There is something for sticking to it, right? And doing it even, you know, yeah. even if like, um, 
so I think I I'd never really seen anyone compose that way, right? So I just didn't think that I could do it or or you know or I didn't and I really didn't ever have didn't want to either, you know, I didn't really feel like I was missing out on not doing it, you know, because I had a lot of artistic ways I was fulfilling my time. But now I like it. And now I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I want to do more musicals. Like, yeah. what could I write after this? But so. you felt like an artist as a as a teen. I, I felt like a you, singer. I, I felt like that. I just liked, yeah. I just like singing. I like always was singing. We sang, I guess when I lived in Germany as a kid, we, we had to drive like a lot, a long way to school, a long way to church, a long, anytime we went, we lived out in the country. Mm. And I guess as siblings, we would fight all the time unless we were singing. So I did a lot of singing. So I always identified as a singer. Mm. Um, but I think the whole artist thing, I don't, I don't know. I, that was so intimidating to me. I was just determined to like do my own thing. Yeah. Well, the thought that I've been having recently is like, I don't know, a mix of things that are not fully baked. Like, I don't know, but I do, I think it is true that there is something that some percentage of the population like feels. And lately I've been thinking like, you know, art is like a hallmark of our species. Like, yeah, I think we need it. Like it must have like evolutionary purposes. Yeah. And then I think like this feeling whatever it is, like, you know, I think you're so right that like the term artist is like loaded and it's got this weird baggage, but more, more and more, I feel like it's something else. Like it's something totally else. It's like some kind of a feeling that has to do with wanting to make sense of things. Mm -hmm. Um, some kind of a feeling that's maybe like some type of emotional intuition. Like, I don't know what Hmm. it is, but I, I suspect that a lot of us feel this thing and don't necessarily feel like we have a medium or we want to be a specific type of artist. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I feel like maybe you might have some insight about like how to, how to claim that thing, even if you feel like it's like kind of loaded or. That is such a good question and a fascinating topic. Like a permission question. You know, I mean, what you enjoy, you can do. I mean, you know, like if you enjoy singing, even if you're not a great singer, you know, I, I'm a decent singer, but there's been lots of things I've auditioned for that I haven't gotten, you know, and lots of, lots of setbacks as a singer. And, um, if you, you know, like drawing and want to draw, like find a way to do it, you know, find a way to find a way to do what you feel like fulfills you creatively I I think that's important I mean it's important to me maybe that's it maybe it's just that is important to me in my life to be able to be creative and Mm. I I also feel like you know I I take for granted so many of the privileges that I have because you know I'm I am in a place where um my country's you know not fighting with the next country next door you know what I mean like I'm not at war I like you know wars have been fought so that I could live in peace. And I'm grateful for all of that. You know, my, my grandparents, my parents worked hard so that I could, um, go to, go to study music in college, you know, Mm. rather than, I don't know, being something that sounds way less interesting, but more lucrative, like a lawyer or surgeon or something, you know? Do you have advice for people to like give themselves permission? Cause that feels like something you're great at. Oh, let's see. Well, um, I think people also, shouldn't feel like they have to make a living doing it. Right. I, I love being a teacher and I love teaching music, but if I weren't a music teacher, I would find a way 
to have music in my life still. And I know lots of really great musicians, really great musicians that are, you know, not making money as musicians. And that is okay. That doesn't make them less of musicians. So I think, I think that's important too. Um, I feel like the financial, like you can't, you can't tie your creative success to like your bank account because it it will never, like you'll never, no one has ever compensated enough or, um, for what, for, for the creativity, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But permission, just if you want to do it, just do it. Just find a way find to do ways, it. Find ways, right? Find mentors. That's yeah. really important, I it think. Sounds, that sounds, I mean, that's huge. Like, you know, you're talking about privilege, which like, yes, but also like you ask for help. Like, oh, you'll well, ask that's for because help. because I know nothing, right? Yeah. I, I like had to ask for help. Like, But I don't think that's a given, you know, like I think that's kind of a victory. Uh, okay. Well, thank you. I'm glad. But yeah. um, I guess I have always been willing to ask for help because... Um, I really like collaborating with people. I really like um, knowing, like hearing other people's stories and what, you know, how, how can this help me? And and how did you learn that? Those kind of things, which you do too, obviously, since you have this amazing podcast that you've been talking to so many artists for the last years. What number is this? Like like 150. That's what I thought. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, but yeah, to, it's it's. I'm a- asking myself all these questions too, and just thinking like, what are we doing? Like, what yeah. is it that we're doing? And in- increasingly, I don't know that music is like what I would call my medium. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's just like it's a piece, it's a tool. But like, I'm just I'm interested in people, and mm-hmm. I'm interested stories in stories like, and yeah, what humanity are we, and what are we doing? Yep. You know, like how do we solve these problems? And like. I don't know. I'm really interested in kind of like the magic of like these like minutia kinds of things. Like yeah, how do we make sense of the world around us? Absolutely. Yeah. And the victory of like mm-hmm. these small creative acts. Like, I mean, it's a, ama- I mean, a musical is a humongous thing yes. and to be like a mother of three who's like living in the suburbs of Utah, yeah. who, who's just like, I am going I'm to gonna co- do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to like, I'm going to see it through. I'm going to ask people to help me. Even though I am so sick me. of it at times, yeah. I'm going to still do it. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to ask people to help me. I'm going to like talk to these people in New York. I'm going to send my song to, to Malcolm Gladwell. Right. Like all of those things are like, so I think back and I think, oh, that was so, no, I couldn't believe how brave I always, I also so felt brave. so dumb. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm a choir teacher from Utah, Malcolm Gladwell. Well, you've probably never heard of me. I suppose that this, like this line between like brave and reckless right. is like real thin. <laughs> I guess like, so. It probably, it probably is. It feels thin. Yeah. I love it though. Like, I think it's just incredible. Um, as we're kind of wrapping up, is there anything else you want to say? I don't know that you answered I think we got distracted, but of how doing this has like changed the everyday person that you are. Um, it, you know, it's fun. It's fun. I I mean, I was 40 when I wrote my first song, right. Or 41, something like that. Um, and it's fun to know that you can learn things and find things that you're good at that you never knew before. Brand new things. And that's really wonderful. So I never, I never, in my wildest dreams, imagine that I would have songs that like, you know, would be played like for thousands of podcast listeners that people would want to hear. And that's, you know, as a 40 year old, like some people I think, think, gosh, well, you know, I'm already 40. I'm so old. My life is behind me, but I think, gosh, I wonder what I'm going to do. Like it's so exciting. Yeah. I really do feel like that. So does it change how you see like other people? Like, do you feel like you're, you, um, 
are prepared for other people to surprise you. Yes. And yeah. isn't that one of the most wonderful things? Yes. Like, I love that about life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that is one of my favorite things about this art thing is like, it surprises me. Like the kinds of things that I feel like I'm capable of with when I look back and I, I imagine my like 20 year old self meeting my today self mm-hmm. or, you know, my 12 year old self meeting my 20 year old self. It's a wonderful feeling to know that like, it's a surprise. Yeah. You know, I think great. it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I ask everybody the same two wrap up questions. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but the first is what's your dream collaboration? Oh, my dream collaboration. Who plays West <laughs> in your dream? Like, oh. or, you know, whatever. It could be anything. I, I don't want to like, I don't want to lead your answer. I know. I know. Well, what, okay. Let me think about that. What's the other one? Or do I have to answer him? Like the other one is just like, where can people find your work? Oh, so okay. yeah. Okay. So do the one first. That's an easier one. So yeah. yeah. Um, my dream collaboration, you know, I let's see. Oh, Emily, I feel like I should have a better build. answer. No, everybody says this, but I always like what I should have said is on this day. On this day. Yeah. What's like the thing that's in your mind? Like, oh, okay, that's better. Yeah, yeah. easier. Yeah. You know, I think I think it would be really fun to have um, Solve for X play at the Hail. I just think that'd yeah. be really fun. Once I finish it, which is not finished yet, and then once I revise it, which is probably still a few years. But um, I think that'd be really fun. I mean, of course, it'd be fun to have it play other places in the world. But like, you know, that's like just in Utah, then like my family and friends could come and it'd be really fun. So today, that is what I think would be a really fun uh, collaboration. Are there any like Broadway people that you would love to work with? Oh, I wish I knew more Broadway people. Like right now, the only one that's coming to mind is like the most famous one, which is... um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and he also well, doesn't know who I am, but who um, doesn't want to work right? with him. Like he he seems like a really fun person yeah. to work with. But yeah. um gosh, you know who I wish I could show my stuff to? Yeah. I really always liked I mean, he was an orchestral writer more, but I really liked Aaron. I like Aaron Copeland's stuff. Aaron I, Copeland is dreamy. He was just amazing. Yeah. I wish I could have like I remember seeing like that he died in the, he was born in 1900 and he died in 1990. And I remember thinking oh, I was alive. Like I could have met him. Yeah. Like, I mean, not, I was like yeah. 10, I, mean, yeah. I was young, but like, anyway, so I, if I like, I think that'd be really fun to ask Aaron Copeland what he thought of my work. Yeah. I love that. I think that's perfect. And you are allowed to raise people from the grave right for this and question. in this question right so, anyone yeah. in the world <laughs> yeah like it's really just a question of like who inspires you or like you know who's your kind of muse like who I don't know it's I just like hearing I like hearing people's answers yeah sometimes people are like my daughter I just really would love to collaborate with my daughter and then I'm like oh, get actually, out of here let me say something yeah. about that I have three I have two daughters three children um but my oldest daughter is amazing at composing. I, I really cool. think she she could she could be a musician too someday if she wants to. Yeah. Right now she just wants to be a veterinarian. She loves dogs. But when I play stuff for her, sometimes I'll sing things to her and I, I say, Geneva, what what do you what do you think should come next? And then she often helps me. So I think amazing. that is it's really fun to work together yeah. and have her inspire me too. So yeah. Uh, maybe someday she'll be coming to you for help with like you know, something that she's working on. Uh, ama- I mean, I'm uh, as a mother, I'm always happy to help her, but cool. But I think it's cool when, I don't know, like, I think it's cool when it can go across the generation too. Like someday I'll go to her for something for help too, yeah, you know, when totally. she, and that, I think that's really, that's really cool too. That's amazing. 
Okay, tell everybody where to find okay. Solve for X. I have follow along. I have a website called Solve for X. It's at solveforx.com. Um, you can find me there. And then I also have an Instagram account called Solve for X Musical, and you can find me there. And if you if I have a lot of people adding, maybe I will do more content. Right now I've just been working kind of behind the scenes and I haven't done a lot. Um, but but I'm working slowly, steadily, building songs That's and amazing. Someday I will get it performed. Well, Joan, I think you're the coolest. Oh, and I'm Emily, so likewise. proud of you. Likewise, it's so fun to talk to you. I was yeah. so nervous, but it's just been fun to chat it's with always you. always easy. People get nervous and I'm like, I know. You and then you, 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 you do such a good job of like disarming him. Like, like, don't worry. Like, we're just chatting. It's and just it's a true. conversation. It it's like great. we went to lunch, but yes. we're just recording. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but we should also go to lunch. We should more often. Yes. <laughs> well, Joan, thank you so much for being here. It's oh, such it's a such pleasure. a joy to be on Artifice. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.